Hey boys and girls, ladies and gents, this is Martin Kessler and welcome to 20 Minute Fitness brought to you by ShapeScale, your personal 3D body scanner that keeps your health in check. After a few weeks of covering all sorts of topics in nutrition, we're shifting gears back to technology. Today I'm connected with Will Amet via Zoom and Will is the founder and CEO of Boston-based Whoop, who are the makers of a nifty wearable that has been used by professional athletes across every sports league for years and that has now also found its way into the hands of everyday consumers slowly. Stay tuned to find out why the Whoop is really nothing like an Apple Watch, why high-performance training is not just about exercise, and also how the Whoop is now even able to detect SARS-CoV-2 infections early on. My name is Will Ahmed. I'm the founder and CEO of Whoop, where we are on a mission to unlock human performance. We build technology across hardware and software and analytics that's really designed to measure the human body continuously. And we provide statistics like sleep and recovery and strain to help individuals improve their performance and improve their behaviors in their daily lives. I got into this space personally because I was always into sports and exercise and I was playing uh, squash while I was at Harvard and I happened to be captain of the team there and I, I felt like I didn't actually know what I was doing while I was training. I was an athlete who used to overtrain where you get fitter and fitter and then you mm -hmm. effectively fall off a cliff. And I was surrounded by other athletes who might overtrain, undertrain, get injured, misinterpret fitness peaks, not necessarily understand the importance of recovery or sleep. And so I got very interested in physiology and what would it take to continuously understand the human body? And I did a ton of medical research while I was in school and I read about 500 medical papers wow. and I wrote a thesis around how to continuously understand the human body. And that research really became the business plan for Whoop and founded the business uh, eight years ago, about six months before I graduated from school. So what does Whoop look like and what sort of data does it collect about my day-to-day -day that you can tell me if I'm recovered or not? Yeah, the Whoop sensor is a very small sensor that you can wear on your wrist or your upper arm. It's mostly has fabric around it. So all sorts of different bands and clasps. And probably the best way to describe it is for someone just to look at it online. You can just go to whoop.com and, and see what it looks like. And that's sending data from that sensor to your smartphone, so iOS or Android. And there on your app, You can see information like, okay, how well did I sleep last night? What was the quality of my sleep? How much restorative sleep did I get? Which is very important for high performance people. Maybe we'll come back to that. And then it'll spit out a recovery score for you. So from zero to 100%, red, yellow, green, how prepared is my body to perform that day? Should I take on a lot of strain? Should I take on a medium amount of strain? Maybe I shouldn't exercise at all. Maybe I should rest. Maybe I, maybe I need more rest. You know, in a lot of ways, Whoop is the first fitness product to tell you not to exercise. And then over the course of the day, we will accumulate automatically strain that builds on your body. And that could be in the form of exercise, stress, daily activity. And Whoop is constantly measuring those things. And even at the end of the day, we look at the strain that's accumulated on your body and we look at who you are and we'll tell you how much sleep you need to recover for tomorrow. So in a lot of ways, the system is designed to live a step ahead of you and to be telling you what to do next versus, you know, sort of only focusing on what's happened. Right. So, so it's really meant to be a device that you wear 24-7, you wear it when you exercise, you wear it when you sleep, and there's no display, right? I mean, it's all about that connectivity to your mobile app, right? That's right. I mean, we, we believe that we're building technology to improve your life, not invade it. And I just think there's a lot of screens in people's lives. There's a lot of push mm -hmm. notifications, there's speakers, microphones. We don't have any of that. The product is designed to be non-invasive and to really disappear in the background. And 
And I think that's in part why so many people love Whoop is that they can barely feel they're wearing it because it's a lightweight sensor that's mostly fabric. And they can check in on the data when they're ready to and when they want to, rather than having it being something that's persistent or bothering you or affecting your day. Right. And when it comes to the sleep, what sort of data do you provide me? Obviously, it all feeds into one recovery score in the end, which is also a little bit based on the strain score of the day ahead. But when it comes to sleep, what is really important for great sleep so that you're fully recovered? So the, the key thing to understand about sleep is there's a bunch of layers to it. If you ask the average person who doesn't measure their sleep, how much sleep did you get last night? The math that that person will do is they'll say, well, I went to bed at 11 p.m. and I woke up at 6 a.m. So I got seven hours of sleep. Okay, that's false. You actually spent seven hours in bed, right? So then the question becomes, if you spend seven hours in bed, how much of that time do you actually spend to sleep? And it may turn out if you spend seven hours in bed, you get six and a half hours of sleep. You get six hours of sleep. You might get four hours of sleep. And within that sleep that you get, what kind of quality sleep is it? Are you getting light sleep? which slow wave sleep, which is restorative sleep. So REM sleep is when you're, you're actually repairing your mind. So that's when you're building cognitive function. People tend to think they get stronger from studying. In fact, they build up tension during that period and they get smarter while they're sleeping. That's when they improve their cognitive function and their memory and they retain new information. The same is true for slow wave sleep. In slow wave sleep, your body's producing 95% of its human growth hormone. So people think they get stronger in the gym They're actually breaking their muscles down in the gym. Slow wave sleep is when you're rebuilding those muscles and getting all the benefits from any stress or exercise that you've put on your body. So these two periods, REM sleep and slow wave sleep, are where you're building cognitive and physical function. And the reality is you could spend seven hours in bed and get an hour of slow wave and REM sleep, or you could get five hours of REM and slow wave. And by the way, the quality of your life, if you're on the high end of that spectrum, is dramatically, dramatically better than if you're on the low end of that spectrum. Right. So that's where I like to say to people, look, you can only manage what you measure. And if you're not measuring the stuff I just described, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And in fact, you're ignorant to about a third of your life. And I think that's a mistake because there's a lot of ways that you can actually really dial in your performance. And sleep is one of the best ways to improve your life. Got it. And another thing that you measure is also your heart rate variability, as well as your resting heart rate, which are also great indicators for how much you are actually recovered after you have slept, right? That's correct. Typically speaking, the lower your resting heart rate and the higher your heart rate variability, the better your body is going to perform, the more rested your body actually is. Got it. And when it comes to strain, what are you looking at there? Strain is primarily based on cardiovascular load. So if you spend 10 minutes at 90 to 100% of your maximum heart rate versus an hour at 90 to 100% of your maximum heart rate, you're going to build more strain the more time you spend at your maximum heart rate. And WHOOP effectively has built an algorithm that takes gradations of all of those different periods of time in various heart rate zones, how long you spent there, the general activity during them and the intensity of them. And then it gives you one number, which is our strain score. And what we like to say is that if you have a higher recovery on WHOOP, that means you should take on more strain. If you have a lower recovery on WHOOP, you should take on less strain. Right. And you define that score from zero to 21. And that score is really different from person to person, because if I run a 10K, it may create way more strain for me than it might be for you, right? That's right. Typically speaking, if two people do the exact same output, 
the fitter person's going to have a lower strain. So if I run a marathon at the same pace as a professional marathoner, I'm going to have a much higher strain than the professional marathoner, right? Right. What's interesting though, is that this can actually vary from the same person as well. If you were to go out and run your fastest mile possible on no sleep versus run it on a day that you're super recovered, and even gradations in between those two extremes, you're going to have a different strain for potentially the same exact mile. So maybe you run a five-minute mile and have an 18 strain one day, and you run a five-minute mile and you have a 14 strain the next. And some of that will depend on what's the status of your body in even completing the event. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's really super insightful to a lot of people that are actively in endurance sports. But is it also insightful to somebody that is, let's say, into weightlifting and that are really focused around muscular load and muscular recovery? Definitely. The biggest mistake that people who want to gain muscle make is they don't get enough slow wave sleep. Mm -hmm. Truly, that slow wave sleep is where your body is naturally producing human growth hormone. And human growth hormone is what makes your muscles grow. I mean, period. So all the work that you're doing in the gym is a failure if you're getting half as much slow wave sleep. You literally could have had half as good of a workout and gotten twice as much slow wave sleep and done the equivalent. So it's very important that people get more slow wave sleep and really focus on that. The other thing is that weightlifting tends to be an exercise that people do sort of the same type of workout each time or the same intensity mm -hmm. of workout. And in fact, what we've found is that Again, based on your recovery, if you have a high recovery, a green recovery, you should go out and crush yourself and maybe do a much harder workout than you normally do. Whereas on the flip side, if you are run down, your muscles actually need time to recover still. They need to rest. And so you shouldn't do anything sometimes. And what happens is people more often than not will just do something sort of average on both of the days I described rather than crush themselves or rest. And, and it's important, I think, to have that level of spectrum as well. Right. So people often go for average. They don't really push themselves to the limit or on the flip side, they don't take a complete rest day and then overtrain. Right. And so on all, would you say poop is really for everyone that is into athletic sports, fitness in general, or is it really more for those that are having specific performance goals in mind? You know, a lot of our, our members today are people who just want to better understand their bodies, who are trying to improve in anything in their lives. You know, we've got executives on Whoop who want to figure out how to sleep more or want to figure out if their diet is right for them or various behaviors are right for them. And one thing that's powerful about Whoop is we have this feature called the Whoop Journal, which allows you to incorporate a lot of different behaviors, supplements, techniques, and see how they affect your body. Oh yeah, I love that. So for example, you can, you can start tracking magnesium or melatonin, which are two common supplements people may take before bed. And you can see whether those supplements actually help you sleep better or not. And what's amazing is this allows you to create these little A-B tests on yourself. You know, the reality is there isn't one diet for everyone. There isn't one supplement for everyone. There isn't one sleep technique for everyone. Some people sleep better in a cold room. Some people sleep better in a slightly warmer room. Some people sleep better in, you know, noise canceling rooms. Some people like to hear a little bit of noise. All these things can affect your sleep positively or negatively. And you want to figure out pretty quickly what's right for you. Yeah, I saw that feature. You know, I've been, I've been trialing for some time now. And the, the journal is definitely one of my most favorite features because in the end, you know, like you get that report and you can really see, you know, what actually of the things that you do throughout the day, you know, be it having alcohol, being, you know, like uh, having screen on time before you go to bed, right? All of that factors into your sleep eventually. And 
you may basically connect the dots for me at the end of the day. And at the end of the month, I get a report and I see really what has what type of impact on my sleep, which is really, really awesome. Yeah, it's a powerful feature. People, people seem to really love it. Are you also planning on actually introducing at some point the ability to, well, enter your own custom uh, journal entries? Because right now you have a lot of ready-made entries, which are great, but I wish I would also be able to add some of my own. Yeah, we're working on that. We are. Awesome. Yeah. So what have you learned so far? I mean, this is like the third generation product right now, right? I'm sure you have gone through a lot of changes since the first generation. Well, in terms of building technology, I think the thing that we've learned is that you want to stay pretty committed to your point of view on the market. And our point of view from the very earliest days was we needed to be able to accurately measure the body and we needed to be able to present information to people that they could use to change their behavior. So big focus on behavior change. And over the years, there was a lot of pressure for us to do things that other people were doing. So for example, Whoop doesn't measure steps because we don't think it's a relevant metric. And there's a lot of data to show it's irrelevant. However, almost every product that claims to measure some form of fitness or be a fitness tracker measures steps. And so there was a long pressure to add steps. And we just felt like it was distracting. We felt like it wasn't a relevant metric. And so we've never added it. The same can be true for having a screen. A lot of people said, well, I wish it said the time or I wish it told me a few statistics. But the reality is part of our differentiation was the fact that it doesn't have a screen and it's something that can kind of disappear in the background. And these are sort of just two random examples, but they they go back to my original point, which is that you need to have some somewhat strong point of view on what is a product or a technology look like when it's being used the way that you want it to be used effectively. And, and how does that how does that evolve over time? And for us, it was it was having a fairly contrarian point of view. I think in the early days, you know, when when I was interested in in this whole idea, and I met with coaches and athletes, and I pitched them on sleep and twenty four hour monitoring and recovery, they kept coming back to talking about exercise and how they wanted more data on exercise or video monitoring or how to improve wow. practice times or plans and GPS and. But then when I asked them about, well, what are problems that you have? They always came back to things like injuries and athletes being run down or athletes not peaking on the right day. And so if if a company is founded on a contrarian point of view that later ends up being true, our contrarian point of view was that the secret to unlocking performance was measuring sleep and recovery. It was not necessarily learning more about performance. Said differently that sleep and recovery were actually more important to performance than performance itself. Got it. And so in a nutshell, like you, you have this strong vision and it, it was quite tough maybe to get it off the ground because it was contrarian to what people wanted, at least at the time. Now the mindset has slowly been shifting more towards actually this type of product where you actually get that type of value where you understand how much you have recovered and how much you actually strained yourself throughout the day. Um, but was there anything that you learned actually throughout the experience that you didn't expect, something that was maybe unplanned, but that was really insightful for you that led to another change in a product? Well, the thing that you're always balancing is, again, having a strong point of view on how the how it should look when you're using it versus the user feedback that you get along the way. So, you know, a good example of that for, would be um, our, our battery charging, right? Mm-hmm. We knew that we wanted to have the product be worn 24-7. However, if someone had to take the product off to charge it, there was a chance that one, they never put it back on. And of course, two, you're not getting continuous data the way that we envisioned. So because we had that strong belief, we decided to 
invent a modular battery pack, which allows you to charge the whoop strap today without ever taking it off. Are you familiar with the Yeah, yeah, I, lo- I love the idea. Like when I saw it, I was like, what is that? Is it like a funny looking charger? No, it's actually a battery. And uh, I was quite surprised that it was actually a battery because it is tiny, right? I mean, you can actually wear it. I mean, the only exception is that it's not waterproof, but it's it's awesome. I mean, you never really have to take it off and you're absolutely right. You know, I also haven't worrying and, you know, there are times when I leave it on the charger and, you know, I'm not wearing it for six hours because of that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the whoop strap, to be clear, is waterproof. The battery pack yeah. you attach to it, we recommend not getting wet. And so that was that was one example where it was knowing what the vision was, but also having to work with customers to figure out what's a solution that's going to allow us to have this thing worn 24-7. Great. And, and one thing that I that most recently I was actually in the news um, is, uh, is a discovery that you made around COVID-19. Uh, can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have done a lot of research around COVID-19 starting in early March. Obviously, we collect an enormous amount of health data and we have a, a fairly meaningful population of people on WHOOP today. And we collected data on our uh, from our members on COVID-19 testing positive. So effectively what our members testing positive for COVID-19 and they volunteered their data for research purposes. So we partnered with CQU and Cleveland Clinic uh, to conduct research. And we just published this research actually on a few days ago, so earlier this week, and I encourage people to check it out. But looking at 271 people, we were able to show that WHOOP could detect COVID-19 in the positive cases 20% of the time, two days before symptoms even showed up, and 80% of the time by the third day of symptoms. So what does that mean? It means that WHOOP can help be an early alerting signal if someone has COVID-19. I'll give you a concrete example. A professional golfer named Nick Watney, it was a whoop wearer for a year. And as everyone probably knows, PGA Tour Golf is back up and running. Right. Right? They're actually doing, they're doing professional golf right now. And Nick tested negative for COVID-19 on a Thursday. And then he was going to play the tournament Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And he woke up in the morning with this really elevated respiratory rate. Respiratory rate is something that WHOOP measures. And what's interesting about respiratory rate is it never changes. Like if you look at my respiratory rate for 12 months, it's the most boring statistic. Every single day, it's the (laughs) same exact number. Well, it turns out if that number changes, it means something may be up. And what our research has shown is that an elevated respiratory rate is a predictor of COVID-19. And Nick Watney his respiratory rate went from being 14 every single day for 12 months to being an 18. Wow. Yeah, that's a It jumped off the page. And mind you, he didn't feel any different. That's what's so scary about this virus. He, He was completely asymptomatic. He didn't feel anything. And because he saw this huge change in his respiratory rate, he went to the doctors and said, I think I should get tested again for COVID-19. And they reluctantly tested him. They wouldn't have tested him if he wasn't so adamant. And he tested positive. Wow. And he was just tested 24 hours before that. That's crazy. Yeah. And he tested positive and he quarantined himself. And as Justin Thomas put it, he probably saved the tour that weekend because if he had played all weekend with a bunch of players, who knows what would have happened, right? Right. And and this is consistent with what we've seen now across uh, a study of 271 people where this elevated respiratory rate is a a smoking gun for people that have COVID-19. And just so people understand, we looked at people who were just sick on WHOOP. So they didn't have COVID-19, but they were sick. And their respiratory rate does not change. So that what that means is it's a specific huh. indicator, right? A non-specific indicator would be like, oh, I've got an elevated resting heart rate. I have a fever. I have a decreased heart rate variability. I have poor sleep quality. Like those are things that you tend to see on WHOOP 
regardless of what kind of illness you have, right? Yeah. So nothing else has ever shown you any discrepancy when it comes to respiratory rates other than COVID-19. That, that's insane. It, it jumps off the page. Wow. And so, so where do you go from here? So to be clear, right, COVID-19 is a lower respiratory tract infection. And so it makes sense that it yeah. would affect your respiratory rate. Now, bronchitis, pneumonia, those are also sicknesses that we would expect would elevate your respiratory rate. However, the, the, you know, the frequency of people getting bronchitis or pneumonia right now is tiny compared to COVID-19. So it is a smoking gun in this environment. And that's what our, our research was able to show. And to the PGA Tours credit, this happened on a Friday. Saturday, I get a call from them saying, we need whoop on every single player, caddy, personnel, staff, broadcast, media. And so they procured a thousand whoop straps. <laughs> and this was three days ago, Martin. And we've since onboarded the entire PGA tour as of today. So it's been a, it's been a wild four or five days here. I'm actually recording this from Connecticut where they're playing the Travelers Championship. Oh yeah, wow, that's crazy. And that's all in just a couple of days. And for the regular Whoop user, like can we expect like, I don't know, like to get some sort of notification in case our respiratory rate goes up? Like, hey, there might be a chance you have COVID-19. We're certainly working on that messaging. You know, to be clear, Whoop is not a medical yeah. device. We're, we're, you know, we're a consumer product and uh, we fit squarely within the wellness category. However, it's clear that the data that we're collecting, you know, has important implications. So we're working on that exact messaging. And I think the important thing for people who are WHOOP members listening to this is to go into your trends every day and just make sure that your respiratory rate stays within the same band as the previous days. And again, WHOOP is not going to be the only solution here, but I think WHOOP can be a tool in this world of COVID-19 to help measure respiratory rate as one of the indicators. Right. I mean, it's not happening for all the cases that you can detect it through, through an increase of respiratory rate, but at least for some, right? So there's an off chance that if my respiratory rate has increased by 20%. To be clear, it was 20% of people were detected two days before right. they felt anything. 80% of people were detected by the third day. As in our algorithm for respiratory noticed that it effectively caught 80% of people in the study. Oh, wow. 80%. So that, that's quite powerful versus 0%, you know. And uh, again, we're not claiming to be able to diagnose COVID-19. We're just showing this, these are the results of the research. Respiratory rate appears to be very important. We've now had a number of examples like the Nick Watney story, where we hear from people who saw an elevated respiratory rate went and got tested and tested positive. So, you know, I think, look, everyone right now is in a fight against beating this virus. And uh, Whoop is happy to play a play a small part in that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's great that you are doing this, and I'm sure it's going to have a good amount of impact on a lot of people. Um, before we wrap up, I would love to hear your thoughts. Now, I'm sure you have learned a lot after having read through a lot of papers and having you know run Whoop for now several years. What is really key? To boosting one's own recovery? What do you think are like the most important things that one can do? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that come to mind immediately <laughs> on that. I mean, the, the, the first is, is improving your quality of sleep. And for most people, that's not just dedicating more time to sleep, although that obviously helps. It's just improving the whole sleep experience, not using your phone up until the second you go to bed, sleeping in a much colder bedroom, having a much darker bedroom, you know, having uh, some, some level of control over the air and making sure it's clean. You know, these are sort of simple things, but they can dramatically improve the quality of your sleep. Going to bed and waking up at the same time 
has been shown to dramatically improve your sleep. And then in terms of other things related to recovery, you know, training, exercise, stress, those are all things you want to be mindful of. If your body's run down, don't overdo it that day right? So modulating the amount of stress that you put on your body is a good way to, to recover more effectively. The, the things that you put into your body obviously have a huge impact on recovery. Most people underestimate how much alcohol negatively impacts their body. Eating close to bedtime is quite bad for sleep quality and therefore recovery. Certain supplements, certain diets, they work for some people don't work for others. So that's where you know I encourage people to manage what they measure. And look, a lot of it's just that you have to find what's right for you. And I think the, the first step is trying to measure this stuff. And where do you see Whoop in the future? Like, do you, do you see other areas where Whoop can help in the future? Or do you think it's mostly habitual that once you know actually how much you sleep and how much you have recovered and how much you strain yourself throughout the day, that's all you need that's all I need as a tool to to be my perfect self. Well, look, I'm fascinated that right now we're playing a, a big role in, in COVID-19 research. Right. So, you know, if you'd asked me that <laughs> uh, at the beginning, the beginning of the year, I probably wouldn't have said that. You know, I think our, our focus at Whoop, again, it's it's being grounded in research and science. It's having really accurate data. And then it's ultimately helping people improve performance. And that's something that evolves over time. You know, our business model is a subscription. So the hardware is included. And what that means is every day, week, month, we're fighting for our consumer's dollar by trying to provide value to that consumer. And if we don't provide value, the consumer should, should cancel, the member should cancel. And what that does is it forces us as well to keep innovating and keep providing value. And I have to say, I don't think we would have been so fast to do COVID-19 research if we didn't realize how much it was going to affect our members and how much they would want information on that in March and April and May and June and so forth. So that's where I think the business model and the mission of human performance really tie together. Awesome. And for our listeners that want to learn more about Whoop, where can they learn more about it? Where can they find you? Yeah, you can uh, find us at whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com. Uh, we're at Whoop on most uh, social media platforms. And uh, we love hearing feedback. We love hearing from our Whoop members. I'm at Will Ahmed uh, on similar platforms. And uh, we'd love to hear from everyone. And you also have a podcast, right? That's right. I host the Whoop podcast where we interview high-performing individuals, whether they be you know professional athletes, Fortune 500 CEOs, industry leaders, scientists, researchers. Uh, we just did a bunch of podcasts in a row that were related to COVID-19. We've got some new uh, material out that's on a COVID-19 resiliency study that we're doing in conjunction with the CDC and other, and other partners. So uh, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of health. It's a lot of performance. It's, it's thinking about life hacks and ways to improve a performance lifestyle. Awesome. Well, Ahmed, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Martin, thank you for having me. And there you have it. Innovation really never stops. And I think it's great how Ahmed and his team are working tirelessly on making Whoop help detect SARS-CoV-2 infections early enough to limit the spread of the virus. That aside, if you are engaged in high-intensity sports and exercise, I strongly recommend giving the Whoop a try. Having worn the band myself now for a little over a month, I do like the simplicity of being able to automatically track all my exercise, naps, and sleep throughout the day. And while it's not really replacing a GPS-based fitness watch or tracker that provides detailed feedback on your run and ride, uh, nor provides you with a training plan of its own, it has certainly made me revisit and rethink my own routine. The Whoop has definitely made me more than ever aware about my relatively poor sleep hygiene by constantly punishing me with low recovery scores. I've also become more aware 
of my recovery days and when they are, and shifted low intensity exercise like weightlifting to those days to allow for a better cardiovascular recovery. Now on the few days on which Whoop deemed me as fully recovered and ready for peak performance, I've definitely performed better and managed to squeeze in a good amount of interval training and Tabata workouts. Comparatively, I've kept wearing my Ura ring simultaneously, which doesn't really track my heart rate throughout the day, but only at night. And while the Whoop kept me to, you know, recover more, my Ura has actually been praising me with relatively high readiness scores between 75 and 85 on average. And I have a feeling that that is because the Ura ring only scores my activities based on motion, which is not super effective when, say, I'm using a stationary bike like my Peloton. And on the other hand, the Whoop sometimes scores me somewhat too low, even on days I do feel quite rested and enough to perform well. So I haven't really made my final verdict yet, but subjectively the truth probably lies somewhere between. So yeah, anyways, what are your thoughts on the Whoop? Let us know on Twitter or Instagram. You can find us at Shape20Fit and you can also hit me up directly at Kessler.io. I'm Martin Kessler and this is 20 Minute Fitness.